0: The Joy Unleashed show empowers and inspires women to reclaim their joy. We provide tools, resources, and connections to help you unlock your true potential. Through engaging conversations, expert insights, and transformative stories, we create a vibrant and inclusive community where women can break free from the limitations that hold them back. I'm Joyologist Colleen Greco, and it is my honor to be your host. Let's get right into the show. If you feel like you're stuck, if you feel like you don't quite know your purpose, or maybe you know it, but you just can't find the path toward it. If you're uncomfortable in your own skin and want to finally master self-love, then we need to talk. I'm Colleen Greco, and I'm your joyologist. I help women just like you to reclaim the joy they feel is missing in their life, through mindset coaching and nutrition coaching. Whether you have weight to lose or simply need to get your gut in check, I've got you. We'll work together to retire limiting beliefs. Those are the stories that are keeping you from your purpose. I need you to hear me. Those are the stories that we need to get rid of in order to get you on your path to your purpose. We will work together to get you that life you've always dreamed of. It would be my honor to connect with you. Reach out to me via Instagram at the Colleen Greco or email Colleen at ColleenGreco.com. Let's get you back to the show. Welcome back to this episode of Joy Unleashed. I'm your joyologist and host, Colleen Greco. And today I am so happy to welcome Melanie Spring to the show. Melanie. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Would you please enlighten my listeners and viewers that don't know you, Who is my girl, Melanie Spring? I'm pretty sure I can't do that. (laughs) Okay, bye.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the, the best way to describe me and what I've been learning more and more is that I am a fairy guide mother to brilliant rebels. And that to me means that I guide humans on finding access to themselves through finding out that they actually have the answers. So I love being able to give people access to themselves because it's not about being a healer or being a shaman or being the person who's like telling you here are the things and the medicines and the types of stuff you need to do. I'm here to say, you actually, actually already know what they are, but let me help you go find those answers for yourself
0: because everybody's
1: so different.
0: Now, if we took a trip back six, seven years ago, Am I the same person I was then? What What was that version of Colleen Greco like? Mm,
1: that wow. version of Colleen Greco, when I met you, it was almost seven years ago. I think this month, or actually, I think it's exactly seven years ago. Uh, it was the first weekend of December, seven years ago.
0: Fascinating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> was flown. Well, I was on stage at a big tech event for the women in, of the channel and I was the keynote, opening keynote for that event. And I remember afterward I met you and you were in a space of, now I can tell you this because like I can see the progression. You were overweight, not just in like actual physical weight, but like in like Heavy weight of the world on you. You were doing a job you didn't really want to be doing. You were doing work that was just like crushing your soul, yet you were also super successful at it. And you were like, no, I know what I'm doing. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. And I think when I met you, you were sitting there going, wait, there's a lot more possible. Interesting. So I think being able to really see you for who you are now. I can see the massive shift. Although you are this, you're the same person. You're not a different person. You've just cleared off all the layers at this point, gotten rid of a lot of that training and education of like this is how you should do it or this is what you're supposed to do. And you stopped believing that the world wanted you to be a certain way and started believing that you are the joyologist you really are. So watching you step into that has been magic.
0: Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um well, so let me first say. I feel like the word should is is one of those words, right? Like there's the S word, the Mm -hmm. the four letter S word that we're not supposed to use. I feel like should is even worse than that, right? Mm -hmm. It's like one of the, it's, when I hear it now, I used to use it all the time, but when I hear it now, I get like a a tremor or or (laughs) a tick. Like I I can't hear that. If you tell me I should, I'm automatically going in another direction. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to me how much, that I had been doing at that point, um, that I should have been doing, that was just pushing me further and further away from my purpose. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that should word is a it's definitely a bad word. And it's something that most people will put on other people. Like you should be at a certain level by a certain age. You should you I mean you and I talk about this all the time where you're like oh just wait till you hit your something whatever age that is and I'm like yeah but that's not how that has to be that's not that's not something that should happen that's something that the world has created this picture of like what do women do when they age they gain weight they they look older they have to get facial stuff done you have to make sure that you know like you take care of yourself because you're going to age or you're going to feel terrible or you hit menopause and everything changes and like all these hormonal shifts. And a lot of that's to do with the fact that we have a history of not taking care of ourselves, like especially Americans, like we don't have a history of having really great role models who have taken care of themselves. We have the, the role models who've done all the facial reconstruction surgery and we're not supposed to look old, but all the men can look old. That's fine for them, but not for us. And I think we've done a lot of terrible education and shooting on humans to, well, you have to, once you get to this place, there's nothing you can do about it. This is just how things are. When in reality, that's not actually the case. We get to choose how we want our life to be. And we now live a lot longer than we used to. We're not all dying at 35, like they did 100 years ago. We're living till we're in our hundreds. So what happens then?
0: It's amazing to me. It never occurred to me seven years ago that there was even this other world that existed, right? Like you went to high school, then you went to college, then you got married, then you had kids and you did the thing that you were doing all along and just, like you said, continued to progress in -hmm. that direction. And the more I fought for that and strived for that, the worse I felt. (laughs) I'm like, this is supposed to be like my my most exciting time of my life. And I was yeah. absolutely miserable, but didn't even have the wherewithal to take a step back and think there's more out there. It took a trauma to really stop me in my tracks and say, there's got to be something Like this can't be the book of, right. of my life. Let's well, so- people have that
1: most people wait until something happens. They're like, oh, I got cancer. I almost died. My husband died. Something something has to happen in order for us to go, wait, 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 what am I doing? And I, I was basically downloading this one day. I was realizing I was doing my morning pages, and I started writing about how the path to enlightenment isn't what we think it is. We all think like, oh, the path to like growth and enlightenment is a place. Like we're trying to get to a certain place, which in Hindu they call moksha, which is like the ultimate place of enlightenment. And in reality, we're all basically just sitting on this ultra highway flying by, like trying so hard to get to somewhere, success, whatever that is, to have arrived at whatever that place is. When in reality, the best thing for us to have happen is having our car break down on the side of the road and find that the path to enlightenment is an old dirt road tucked in behind the trees. And we get a chance to jump off that highway of success and go start walking and moving our bodies and using our bodies to help us get where we need to go. But it all comes back to like, why are we sitting in a car flying and whizzing by true success? It's because we don't actually have access to that. No one's shown us that we could actually stop. We don't have to break down. We don't have to have something bad happen, a car accident or whatever. We can actually just stop, pull over and go, I don't like this ride anymore. I don't, I want to get off the highway and start finding this other thing that I know is there for me. I just don't really have access to it. And sometimes it takes an invitation from someone else to go, let me help you. I want to walk with you and take you on this journey.
0: Yeah, for me, it's always been um, you know, being. Beaten over the head with something heavy for me to see it. <laughs> I mean, I like to do, do it hard too. <laughs> We're working on that. We're trying to soften that a little bit, but I think you know, I'll talk to people about my journey and say I didn't even know where I was headed, other than knowing that this this couldn't be it. And I think it's just having that or giving yourself that permission to dive into what you call like a childlike curiosity. Mm -hmm. Just just kind of saying like, I wonder what else is out there for me? What do I connect to? What lights me up? So what are some tips that you have um, for those watching for them to, to kind of tap into that? How can they get really quiet to start to begin to pay attention to the things that light them up to then decide, you know, that their current situation is not for them?
1: Well, the very first step that I like to have people look at is to discover the truth of where they are right now. Like not looking at like everywhere I've been or everywhere I'm going, but right now, like where am I right this moment in my life? And how can I find the truth of the responsibility I can take for where I am? Because like, even for you, you wanted to go into branding and you really wanted to go into like this creative environment, but you got a job in tech and just followed that trend. And even though you did some stuff in marketing and you worked toward that, it was more in line with like, well, I can do this instead of I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And so looking at the, I'm taking responsibility for the fact that I chose that life for myself and that I can choose something different now. And so that first step is really like, okay, but where am I and why am I here? And how did I actually get here? And it's not about blaming anybody else. Cause a lot of us, <laughs> I was just thinking about this last night. A lot of us blame other people or other things f- happening to us to like make us where we are right now. Like, wh- how did I get here when in reality, we're a hundred percent responsible for that. Mm-hmm. So as much as maybe something did happen to us as a kid, when we weren't responsible for that, we can't take that as like a, oh, but it's because my mom did this or my cousin did this, or my best friend did this. That wasn't the case anymore. When you became an adult, you had to start taking responsibility for your healing, for your growth, for your, for your environment and being willing to take, take those, take those responsibilities as these are my decisions. Now I can do something different with that trauma or that thing that happened to be able to shift it into this actually can fuel me instead of keeping me where I am.
0: When talk about, you know, intuition, you and I talk about that quite a bit. How do people tap into their intuition and get truly quiet? Mm. <laughs> That's the biggest problem about being on the highway of success is it's hard to,
1: when all you're doing is, I've got to do this in order to do this. If I do this, then this will happen. And if I do this, then this will happen. And it's just this loop that we get into of, but if I'm, if I get out of the loop, then what will happen? Everything will fall apart. When in reality, it's counterintuitive because if we think about our intuition, the, the the thing that we think we need to do, which is keep going, work harder, get more, find more abundances out there. I'm going to go get it. We actually can stop that loop by going, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to sit down and I'm not going to do for a minute. I'm going to be, which is so hard for someone like me and someone like you who's been in that. Like, if I do things, then things happen. And I know that this doing will get me something that I want. Being able to really tap into that ability to go, Yes. And I can sit for like two days and get more than I did if I worked really hard for those two straight days. It just feels like super weird to do that because we're taught you work hard, you get things. It's actually the opposite. The less you push, the more shows up. So it's a vibrational frequency that we're shifting, which we can talk more about. But that intuition is really that how do I listen to that voice and being willing to listen to the voice? You have it in you But a lot of people follow instinct or intelligence, not intuition.
0: And I think people, at least this is the feedback I get. So I could be wrong and you can feel free to correct me. But they feel like that has to come at a cost. So if I go towards what I believe my dream is, I just have to accept I'm not going to make as much money or I'm not going to be where, you know, have the things or do the things or be the person that I was originally, you know, developing into. Mm hmm. And that's completely wrong. So if we could spend a moment and talk about those judgments that we put on ourselves and those limitations, um, maybe you can talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a training. That's the training the world has put on us. So if we go back to the the last time you remember totally knowing that you were 100% the person you were put here to be. Most of us can go back to like age four or five, maybe up to thirteen or so. But by the time we hit those teenage years, the trying to make other people happy or trying to make other people like us or trying to fit in starts happening because before that, we were like, "No, no, no, I got this. this is this is what I want to be doing. And I don't care what anyone else is thinking. But by then, our parents have taught us that like school, we have to fit into school. We have to get good grades. We have to, follow whatever sequence so you're talking about like going to school then college then marriage then kids then like just then death you know that's how this (laughs) works but if we can actually go back to what lit us up when we were little when we were our innate human the human that actually had all of the gifts that had all the knowledge that knew exactly what we needed to do we followed our intuition if we cleared all the training out and we said okay i don't i don't care what the world thinks about me i care a lot about people but enough to care that I don't care what they think about me because I know that I'm here for a bigger reason that allows us to get quiet and know that we don't have to keep working so hard and pushing so much in order to really see the truth in what's really going on, that we are making something happen when it's not, doesn't fit us when it's, well, but of course I like this because I'm making a lot of money. And it's like, "Mm, but do you actually like if, if you weren't making a lot of money, would you still do it? most people would say no.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the millions of things I love about you. And I, you know, it's so funny because when this show first started, you were one of the first people I wanted on, but I like to keep you my own personal secret. <laughs> I'm I, mean, I, <laughs> I you, but um, you have reinvented yourself. I don't know how many times, probably five or six in every, that, since I've known you, oh. I have that. And so I'm sure many more times than that, but you continually up-level yourself. And I'm just curious, you know, you when we first met, you were a brand strategist and, you know, you had your own company, Cicerina, and you were doing really well. What prompted you to make such a shift in your own life to be able to do the amazing work that you do today?
1: Alignment. <laughs> At the end of the day it comes down to that one word alignment and realizing that i loved branding and i fell into branding i mean i've been doing websites since 1995. i was 15 on like websites doing html on my boyfriend's mother's computer you know when icq was doing uh-oh in the corner dating <laughs> quite a bit at this point but i was doing that because i thought it was really cool that i could create something beautiful through creating code so that one side of my brain was happy with the coding and the other half was happy with the creative energy so i was like oh this is fun and i just fell into it like people were like oh you do websites can you do my website and the college ended up hiring me for that kind of stuff i went into communications because it was easy like i started following the line of like oh but these things come easily for me i get good grades i get a's i can teach some of the classes like i know this stuff and it's like this innate part of me already knew how to do this could see what people's brands needed to look like, could easily do that. And then when I lost my job in 2008, when the market crashed, 2009, I started Cicerina, which was named after my imaginary friend when I was four. (laughs) So being able to get back into that creative space again, after doing marketing and sales jobs for a while, I was really excited to do that until I realized eight years in that I had built myself a job. And I'm like the most unemployable human on the planet, other than my husband, second most unemployable human on the planet. But I realized that I had built something that I was stuck in. I was stuck in a wheel that I didn't wanna be in anymore. I was really good at my job. I had a great team. I loved the work we were doing, but that alignment was gone. I had learned everything I wanted to learn. And at this point it was just autopilot. And I was like, there's something more for me here though because I had been doing the talk that you heard, which was Rock Your Life, and Mm -hmm. that lit me up. Like being able to help people rock their lives was like, oh my God, this is way better than branding. And of course there's some branding elements in it, but like the work I was doing and the stuff I was sharing, I was just like on fire to do that kind of work, to meet people like you. And so it took me the next six years, to, or four years total, five years total, to really understand like, but what am I going to do with it? I tried, like people hired me for speaker coaching. Another thing I got really good at because I had just practiced and worked on it for so long and I was a brand strategist. So it kind of was an easy next step for me. And I could get into people's energy and pull out their talk and help them memorize it and help them embody it. It was just easy. But what I learned was it wasn't just the easy stuff I needed to follow. It was the stuff that was so lighting me up that that's where the alignment stepped in and went, I don't fit into a job. I don't have a title. Like I'm the founder of Confidancia. Nobody really knows my company name because I don't really use it that much. But like the Brilliant Rebellion is the thing I'm building because I believe every single person has the right to be themselves, the original self that showed up on this planet. And that untraining and unbecoming is my support to helping people do that. And so all the stuff I've done over the last 25 years came into this like Oh, that's it. That's what I'm doing. So, how can I be the person who shows that and walks that path? Because I'll tell you, I'm, and I'll wrap this up in just a second. I was thinking about the other day about some of the top people in like my space, in the space of like guiding or coaching or supporting or health or wellness or fitness, that all like all of that, because it's all kind of like combined, it's all in mindset stuff. I realized that. The people who are doing that are at the top of those industries. I've been watching their CEO or president quit because of burnout. And I'm like, that's insane. Or, right, that's not an alignment. Or I've been seeing people share, like, well, two years ago when I said I was being super successful, I wasn't really. I was burnt out and like crushing my soul and like having this really hard time, like, really awful stuff. And it was making me realize that we had the Rebel Recharge, which is like the second level for all of you rebels at my house, because I wanted you to be able to see, and this was like kind of an ancillary benefit. I wanted you to see that I was walking the talk of everything I was teaching you. Like my husband and I have a great relationship. And sure, I share some of the stuff of like, oh, we have some hard stuff, but it's not about everything being perfect. It's about I'm continuing to up level. And that's all I expect from the rebels is being able to say, but I'm going to keep moving along this path. Even if it's a couple steps back, sometimes I'm going to keep moving. And that's the reality of it. It's not that I'm sitting here going, no, 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 look at me. I'm doing all this amazing stuff. And behind the scenes, I'm like crushing my soul
0: <laughs> it's about being able to be in alignment. So first of all, brilliant rebellion. I, okay. So <laughs> fast forward about Five years. I've been following you on social media. We've had some touch base calls here and there. You know, just kind of like staying connected, knowing I wanted to work with you, but didn't know what category that even fit into, or how, or why, or whatever. You you started talking about the Brilliant Rebellion uh, retreat that was in June. So in December, two years ago, I'm slowly dying inside from 26 years in the wrong. You know, that was only a year ago. Oh my god. (laughs) That's right. Like in one year. Oh boy. boy. Okay. Okay. See, this is real talk right here, you guys. (laughs) That was only a year ago. Wow. Well, I said I just I need to know more. I don't know what this thing is that you're offering. I don't know what it includes. And I don't know why I would fit in, but I just feel like I really need to do this. And so there, can we have a call? And that was literally the crux of the call. And you were like we're going to work on this and we'll work on this. And I'm like, I don't care. Just tell me what it costs. And I'll just like, can I Venmo you like now? Can I just just like lock in my spot? Terrified, but knowing I needed to do something big and different because I was, I knew I was dying inside. And so, you know, fast forward, we go, uh, we have a bunch of coaching calls, which was amazing. But even
1: before that, before the retreat, you were like, oh, uh, oops, quit my job. I was like, what? The whole I thought we were waiting about that. I thought we were waiting until after the retreat to build your thing. And then you're like, no, I'm all yeah, right. little bits of and bravery that- came
0: out. I was supposed to, I was supposed to quit when I got back from the retreat. Right. And I just decided that February, this past February, I was mm-hmm. done. I just I got uh you know some small little feedback from a micromanager and decided, mm-hmm. wow, you missed the whole bit of my contribution all some awesome stuff that I did. And if you're going to focus on that, this is not where I belong. I belong in a place where I'm celebrated. Yes. I never believed that. And so just by connecting with you, I knew that there was this like completely different path I belonged on. And I just, you know, I share that because I think people feel like they need to kind of have it figured out somewhat. Like, I know I kind of want to do this thing over here somewhat, I, I knew it was related to joy but not necessarily what it could be and even still it's so much different than what I thought it would be right. a year ago it's just amazing to me and so that's why I struggle with what to call you I do too so don't worry <laughs> so guys if you're listening if you're looking for like a business personal spiritual holistic awesomeness of a person mm-hmm. like is that i don't know if that fits on a business card but like that <laughs> If you're looking for a fairy
1: guide mother who can help you figure out what it is you're meant to do and grant you those wishes by teaching you that you have the answers inside of you. That's, I think most of it is like an alignment. It's an alignment coach slash guide slash I'm helping you take all the pieces of your life and put them together. So it's mindset, but it's also more than that. Like you said, it's spiritual. It's not just purpose driven. It's also like I have the experience to help you build a business if you want to do that. But there's other people who are in this where like, I'm working on a memoir. (laughs) Like, okay. Like, I'm not going to help you write your book, but I'm going to make sure that you're super aligned.
0: So when you write it, you're like, yes, done. Yeah. And you remove the limiting beliefs, you know, when to hug and when to push, Mm -hmm. you know, and there are times when you're like, come on, Colleen, like, (laughs) let's be real. Even if if you don't like it. There are times I don't like it. I have stopped swearing. For the most part, I'll tell you, I swore at Melanie a lot in the beginning, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I always from a place of love, but you know, you have the ability to just see people in a way that I have never had that kind of experience before. So, you know, again, it's like, it's so much more than the labels I've been able to give you because you don't fit in a box. There is no label other than fairy guide mother to, to encapsulate what it is you do
1: yeah well what's funny you bring that up because i was just writing the other day julia cameron i've been reading the artist's way just slowly as it's calling to me to read these parts of it Um, because i realized that i i needed to read it because i basically was working on rewriting it without knowing i've never read it before but i'm like basically rewriting the artist's way but for brilliant rebels And I'm glad I'm reading it so I'm not like, oh, I accidentally rewrote the artist's way. Like I wanted to be very careful of that because I've been talking about morning pages for years. I had no idea Julia Cameron was the person behind that. So (laughs) fascinating. But she wrote in there the other day, I picked this up. It says, when people do not want to see something, they get mad at the one who shows them. And I'm so fascinated because you and I talked about being seen and how when you really want to be seen, you have to be willing to love yourself so much that it doesn't matter what other people see because they're typically just seeing a reflection of themselves. Like they see something in you that they either love or they don't love. And there are quite a few people who are still angry at me, have a lot of animosity toward me because I showed them something they didn't really want to see. And because they didn't want to see it and they weren't willing to look at it, they use me as their scapegoat for that, which it used to be, I would say three years ago, I would be ruined for like a week if someone was mad at me. But um, there was another piece of this that Brianna West wrote the same day I wrote this down. It says, the things you hate about others are the things you cannot see in yourself. Mirroring. Right. And so it's being able to look at how am I showing up in the world? And how are you showing up in the world? And can we get you into alignment? And I'm not for everybody. I know for a fact that I'm not for everybody. And I don't want everyone to become a brilliant rebel Because otherwise, there's no point to that. Like, Neither do I, <laughs> but it's also making sure that, you know, like the right people who are ready for this are freaking ready for this. And they're like, ready to go. They want to do this. And I have people who are like, oh, someday I'm going to come to your retreat. And I'm like, okay. So six years later, you were like, all right, I'm in. Sounds great. Dan's like, you have the longest manifestation of clients. I've ever seen, <laughs> But it's because people have to be ready to look at themselves. They have to be ready to do the work. Otherwise, if I don't if I don't show up the way I need to show up and I don't push at those times, someone can easily get mad at me for pushing when you're giving me permission to push if you're going to be able to do this kind of work. So don't yes. sign up if you're not willing to look at it.
0: <laughs> well, and I felt like I had been keeping myself stuck and safe for so long. I had to be willing to take the input. I was asking for it. Right. I never used to get feedback my entire career. No, you're amazing. You're doing great. You're I'm sorry. Maybe I am amazing, but we all have things we can work on. And so there must be something. No, no, no. So I vowed that I would take everything that you said and other people said and apply it. And I think that, you know, has been an absolute game changer for me, but I want to touch on one thing that you actually like a hundred more things, but (laughs) you know, time is just a construct. That's what you (laughs) say. I love the term, unlearning and you use that a lot. So can you just share a little bit more about what that means to you? Oh and, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'll tell you that I've been a consummate brilliant rebel most of my life, like pretty much all of my life. I've railed against the system for a very long time. I was not the kid who should have gone to like a regular school um I also have no idea how I finished college. Like I have a degree because in the late 90s early 2000s that's kind of what like you have to go do that because no one's going to hire you without a degree which is all just bullshit but like at the time it was that felt like the true thing to do. And so I was not the one who learned the way that other people learn and what I what I have learned over time is that people need to learn the way they need to learn and I like to think of it as experiential education. We don't learn sitting in a beige conference room or ballroom, having a speaker stand on stage and pitch us on why we should believe what they're saying only to buy the program that they're selling or pay them to speak at another event that they're hosting. And so what I've learned is being able to get people to go on a retreat and help them unlearn all this stuff that other people have told them they should do. It allows them to be in a space where they can look at what do I actually want for my life? Have, when was the last time I dreamed just a little bit? And it's like taking off all those layers and the unlearning and unbecoming of all that stuff that other people have been like, no, no, no. But you have to be, by 30, you have to have your first million. By 40, you have to have your, you know, your kids have to be at a certain age. By 50, you have to be at this certain level when you don't have to do anything. Like your soul is here for a very specific purpose. And although a lot of us want to have be the 32 year old who's learning the stuff we're learning in our forties and fifties, We weren't ready for that. The world wasn't ready for that. There weren't teachers who were going to be able to give us that unless they were super woo-woo. So learning that we have learned a certain way and going, we can actually unlearn all of that stuff and go back to that innate human we showed up as, that little person, we came into this world with all of our knowledge and all of our innate behaviors already intact and we had to get trained to become a human when in reality we were the most human possible when we were little. So the unlearning is the process. And like, I'm always pulling out these little threads going, oh yeah, why do I have those judgments for people about that thing? And then I'm like, oh, because I grew up with that thing being told to me that that had to be that way. Hmm, what if it wasn't anymore?
0: So I haven't fully mastered the everything you used to believe to be true is no longer true, but I am getting there. (laughs) I'd love to spend a second on scarcity versus abundance mindset, because I think in the the corporate world, it's growth versus fixed, but that's not tangible enough. Scarcity Mm -hmm. versus abundance makes perfect sense. And until recently, I thought I had really gotten it until you made me pull on that thread. And I thought, oh yeah, yeah, still some scarcity there. So (laughs) talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so scarcity versus growth, or not scarcity, but scarcity versus abundance, it's a vibrational frequency. And so I'll put this in simple terms, because a lot of this stuff used to not make sense to me when people be like, that's a vibrational frequency. I was like, uh-huh, what does that even mean? And so when you hear people be like, good vibes only, or high vibes, or like sending you high vibes, what that really means is that you're operating at a level of vibration where you're actually in an abundance mindset. So if you're sending out high vibes to somebody and you truly are not just saying it, but like, you're actually sending, like, if I'm sending you high vibes, Colleen, I'm sitting in a space of like, I believe that Colleen is abundant. So you're my, you're one of my rebels right now. And you're in a program with me that you're paying to be in. And so my vibrational frequency is in yours all the time. Mm -hmm. And so like, when you get a celebration, I'm celebrating at that same level that you're celebrating. But if I doubted that you could do it, that would drop the vibration to a lower vibration energy, which is a scarcity vibration. And it's not that all lower vibration is scarcity. There's just scarcity sits in a lower vibration. So when you're in that space of like, "Mm, I don't know that I can really do that. Oh, I really want to just get these things or I wish I could just like have this. I really want to surrender, but I can't seem to, or I'm just being impatient with it. That's all low vibration. And so if we're sitting in that space, like I know that you don't drink anymore. But if you were to have two glasses of wine in an evening that lowers your vibration, if you were to, if you were to sit and meditate for five minutes, that, that makes your vibration higher. So there's certain things that can like make your vibration higher or make it lower. And so that scarcity sits in that lower vibration. If you're like, I got to get clients or I need money or I got, I got to tap into that cash flow, I got to Oh no, I'm not going to get this thing. Or what if I can't get this thing? Or I'm, I'm doing all this work, but nothing seems to be working. That's all low scarcity vibration. If you were able to sit in a space of like, I believe that everything is working out exactly as it's supposed to. That's abundance. That's a high vibration frequency. And it's not to say that we have to just stay in a high vibe frequency all the time. We can't. Like we're human. We're going to go up and down. Things are going to go up and down. But when we catch ourselves sitting in that scarcity, we can pull ourselves back up going, "Ooh, I see you. Scarcity. Oh, are so cute. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> <sighs> Come back to abundance. How can I sit here in patience and love for myself?
0: As you were talking, I sort of just had this... Uh... Thought our need to have to and should relatives.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's the the different the need to versus want to. That's need to want to.
0: Yeah, have to
1: love doing.
0: I think should. I'm make them relatives like evil stepsisters or something. So I don't know something something yeah. fun like that. Yeah. Well, I have a couple more questions for you, and then I will let you go back to your brilliance because um, <laughs> I would literally talk to you all day. Um, first of all, I want to know how you define joy. Oh,
1: I was actually talking to one of the rebels the other day about this because she was like, I just want to find happiness. I just want to be happy. Like, I just want happiness. That's what I really want. And I was like, hmm. What if happiness? isn't what you're really wanting? What if joy is what you're really looking for? Because happiness is something that it feels like happens to us where we're like, I want happiness. So like, I have to go do this thing in order to find happiness. When joy is something we can tap into all the time. Joy is a high vibe frequency and we can just go, you know what, right now I can find joy. Like, yay! But that's different than happiness, which is like, I'm happy but something could make me sad. Joy is something we could be like, I could be sad and still find joy in that sadness. I can, I can be frustrated and still find joy in the frustration. You can't find happiness and frustrated in the same space.
0: Yes, totally agree. I always tell the story, walking my dogs, you know, it's 22 degrees out in the morning. It's winter, right? (laughs) I'm freezing. That is a fact. But I can choose to direct my energy towards the fact that it's 22 degrees, I'm freezing, it's cold, and I don't want to be out here. Or I can you know, channel into my dog's energy of being like frolicky and frisky and funny and enjoy myself. And so I choose to direct my energy in that direction. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I think happiness is a response to something too. So love that you shared that. My other question is around, um, and of course, I already know the answer, but (laughs) <laughs> those watching don't. Everybody has, or or I shouldn't say everybody has, maybe I'll edit that, but <laughs> there's a daily practice that at least I recommend to my clients to get in the habit of doing so that you can firmly root yourself in joy. So you can start the day off on the right foot. So you can kind of feel like in alignment mm-hmm. between your head and your heart. So what does that look like for you? mm.
1: It comes down to removing the habits that don't support that and adding the habits that do. And we're human. We all thrive on habit. Anytime we get out of habit, I was just reading about this idea of how a lot of people are like, Oh, I just don't like habits, but we, we thrive actually on doing the same things every day, waking up at the same time, going to bed at the same time, sleeping the same number of hours, having the same breakfast, Doing that like constant routine is actually something that helps us thrive, and it allows our brain to go, ooh, I like this. This is nice. I'm gonna keep doing this. And once we get into the space of not having that routine, which happens to be a lot, because I'll tell you, I'm a human design manifestor, and manifestors don't really love doing the same thing all the time. And I'm still a human who does actually want to do the same things all the time. I love the routine of I have three days a week. I go meet a trainer at 7 a.m. My body loves that. It also makes me want to eat more. It makes me want to eat food that's healthy for me and works for my body. It makes me feel good when I look in the mirror. Like it's all like, okay, this routine is helpful. But a lot of us think, oh, well, you have to make your bed every morning or you're not going to be able to find joy. And it's like, you have to meditate for five minutes. You have to move your body for 30 minutes. You have to do this. You have like, you have to do these things. And it's like, no, no, no. Everyone needs to do something different. Not everyone is supposed to do an ice bath. Not everyone's supposed to do sauna therapy. Not everyone's supposed to eat salad. Like my body doesn't like most salad. I had to learn that like salad's not healthy. What my body needs is healthy. So I need to eat for what that is. And so it's finding that rhythm of like, what are the things that are actually keeping my vibration low? And what are the things that can keep it high? And can I focus on creating habits around how do I keep that high vibe frequency all the time? And that's where joy comes in. Because you're able to like really build a life around what works best for me. Not what everyone else tells me I need to do, but what works best for me. And so training yourself to go, ooh, but I actually do like this. But then throwing a wrench in the whole thing every once in a while and be like, go on vacation and see if what sticks. Do you actually like waking up to see the sunrise every morning? Heck yeah. I love seeing a sunrise every morning, even on vacation. Do you actually drink a lot more when you're on vacation? Why? Do you, do, do you eat snacks that you shouldn't eat, shouldn't eat, whatever that is for you when you're not on vacation versus when you're home? Are you starving yourself when you're home versus actually eating things your body wants? So there's different ways to be able to look at that. But I think the bigger picture is creating a, a habit system that's yours, that's for you, that isn't something you should do, but something that feels so aligned with who you are will just set you up for success in all the other spaces.
0: Yeah. I think we share the morning pages piece. Although I do mine after the dogs and the kids and my husband are out of the house and it is truly quiet so I can focus. Whereas yeah. you're done by like six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do it when the vibrational frequency of the world is quiet. Cause like Very when there's
1: smart. too much going on, I get start getting information that I'm like, Ooh, this is a lot. Can I just like
0: clear yeah. that out? hmm well, we've included the link here uh, to your private social community, brilliancealliance.com. I highly recommend people join. Um, they can certainly find you on Instagram. Um or, no, you took yourself off of Facebook and then LinkedIn, of course. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anywhere else? Mm-hmm. And there's an extra I in
1: the Brilliance Alliance. Just just say Brilliance Alliance and you'll find it.
0: Okay. <laughs> Hi, Bo. <Beau>. So- <laughs> Thank you so much for joining today. I just could never possibly get enough of you. Really don't want to share you other than I want you to make enough money to survive so I can, I can keep working with you. Um, Thanks. (laughs) you're a dream.
1: Mm, Thanks for having me, Colleen. This was beautiful. Thank you.
0: And that was our, our episode of Joy Unleashed. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. Thank you for tuning in to Joy Unleashed. As always, it's my honor to be your host and joyologist, Colleen Greco. Follow me at the Colleen Greco on Instagram for daily motivation and inspiration, and don't forget to leave my show a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, sisters.